so sick of this. It's been two years. I just don't get it. Take out your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of John, John chapter 14. It's on page 436 if you may be using one of the Bibles you picked up when you came in this morning. We're continuing our four-week series today called Why, where we're answering some of the most common questions that people have about God and the Bible. Last week we answered the question, why don't I always feel God's presence? And if you were, if you were unable to be here last week, I'd really encourage you to go to our website, orchardchurch.tv, go to the message page, and you can watch last week's message. We put that up every week there. If you're ever not able to be here, you can watch it by video or you can uh, listen to the audio. You can even uh, download us on iTunes. And so it's a good way to catch up if you weren't able to be here. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing probably one of the most important of all of the four weeks is we're going to be answering the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm sure you've probably asked that question. You've had friends, family members, neighbors that have asked that question, coworkers maybe. And so if you know someone that maybe has gone through a really difficult time, something very difficult has happened to them, um, have them here next week. Invite them to come next week as we answer that really important question, why do bad things happen to good people? And then the following week, the last week, we'll answer the question, why would God use me? I mean, with all my imperfections and failures, why, why would God use me? We'll answer that question. Today's question is this, why didn't God answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? I mean, after all, I know he could answer my prayer. Maybe I feel like he should answer my prayer but he didn't, or he isn't. What, what's going on? Especially when you read verses like the one we're going to start with today in John chapter 14. And what it says here in verse 13, Jesus says, And whatever you ask in my name. I mean, that seems pretty all-inclusive. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will what? Church, help me out. That I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And we read verses like that and we're like, well, if that's what Jesus says, then why didn't he answer my prayer? If he says, I'll do anything that you ask in my name. And we read through the Bible and, and those of you that know some of the stories of the Bible, we read stories about people like Joshua. You know, Joshua prayed that God would have the sun to stand still one day and God answered that prayer. I mean, God stopped the sun for a day. He answered that prayer. Why doesn't he answer my prayer? I mean, God answered the prayer of a man named Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den and he prayed and God put the lions on a diet for the day. You know, if God can close the mouth of lions, why can't he answer my prayer? Or, or you take a man like Jonah who was swallowed by this massive fish. Many think it was a whale. We don't know for sure, but it was big enough to hold Jonah. And Jonah prayed and that whale safely took him to shore, vomited him up, and he was okay. And God answered that prayer. So why doesn't he answer my prayer? I mean, I prayed and nothing seemed to happen. If you've ever felt that way or asked that question, be honest, raise your hand. I think most of us have. Why didn't God answer my prayer? And I'll just be honest with you guys this morning. I know a lot of times I've shared with our church family prayers that God has answered in my life and my family's life. And, you know, we usually like to, in messages, tell you about the 
prayers God has answered. And we celebrate those and we talk about the power of prayer. We don't often share with you the unanswered prayers. And so I, I want to share a couple of unanswered prayers that have happened in my life. Uh, a lot of people don't know about this, um, but it's just the family this morning. You guys won't share this or tell anybody. So let me just share with you, honestly, a prayer that I was praying in, in my life at one time that God didn't seem to be answering. He wasn't answering. I couldn't figure it out. It was when I was in, in uh, Bible college. I went to uh, four years at the University of Oklahoma, and then I went to Bible college. And when I was in Bible college, about 23, 24, you know, I knew that God was calling me into full-time ministry to be a pastor someday, maybe plant a church. And I was like, you know, I need a wife. I mean, after all, the Bible says, he who desires a wife desires a good thing. Amen, ladies? And so I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be a pastor, I need a pastor's wife. I need, I need a wife. And I grew up in a wonderful home where my parents loved each other. And marriage was a beautiful thing. And, and so it was very appealing to me. My, my parents were married over 50 years. And I was like, you know, I'm single and I, I need a wife. And so I started praying for a wife and asking God for that. Now, I know we have a lot of singles in our church. And some of you are praying that very same prayer right now. And so let me just ask this. How many singles in the room? Just how many singles? Raise your hand if you're single single okay maybe if you all met at the got questions table after church you know God might do something today get involved in our 30 below singles ministry you know God might have a little something happen there but I I didn't have a you know 30 below group so I was, I was praying and so I met this one girl, you know, she's really cute. And so I, I started dating her and I thought God had answered my prayer and we got engaged Put a ring on her finger. We got engaged. And then a couple of months went by and she said, you know, I, I, I really like you, you know, and I, I want to marry you, but I don't really want to be in ministry. You know, I really don't feel like God's calling me into ministry. And I'm like, okay, that's not going to work because God's called me into ministry. And so I broke off the engagement. And so I thought, oh, man, God, why didn't you answer my prayer for a wife? I thought this was going to work out. And so I started praying again. I met this, this other girl, and we started dating. And I thought, this, maybe God's answered my prayer. And so we got engaged, second engagement. I was very anxious. And here was part of the problem. I had inherited a wedding ring from my grandparents. And so it was real easy because I already had the ring. I bet if I had to buy that thing myself, that wouldn't have happened. It was too easy to put that ring on a video. So I got engaged again, and then she ended up being a weirdo. She was, she was crazy. It was kind of wacky. And so I broke up with that her. And I'm like, man, God, you're not answering my prayer. You know, how am I going to be in ministry and be a pastor? And I don't even have a wife. And I've gone through two engagements. And I was just ready to give up. Like, God's not going to answer my prayer. I couldn't figure it out. And so I'm, you know, I'm a little gun shy at this point. And then finally, I meet this other girl. And her name is Shelly. And she asked me to marry her. And I said, all right, Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe, well, God's finally answered my prayer. Now we've been married over 20 years. But, but man, there was a period of time there that I was like, why is God not answering my prayer? On a more serious note, I, I can honestly tell you guys that uh, there's some things in um, our family right now, the Dameron family, I've shared this with our small group, that we're praying for. And God hasn't answered uh, our prayer yet. And we're, we're waiting on God. And, and sometimes we 
we're human. We go, why hasn't God answered that prayer yet? Our son Caleb is a senior here at Prairie View High School. He plays on the baseball team. He wants to play college baseball. And we've been doing all these things to put him before college coaches. And we've got a lot of interest, but nobody's made that, you know, clear offer. You know, here it is yet. And, and, and we're praying and we're waiting. We're going, why, why God haven't you answered that prayer? And our daughter has some health challenges. And some of you know of this. And we've been praying, God, would you help us to know what this is, how we can deal with it better, or, or better yet, just heal her. Just, just take it away completely, and, and, and we're waiting, and it doesn't seem like, you know, God has answered our prayer, and so we understand that, and, and I'm sure some of you have prayed for things. Maybe you prayed for the healing of a friend or a loved one, and then they died, and you're like, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? You know, maybe you've prayed for a baby, a child to be conceived, for yourself or for someone else, and it hasn't happened, and you wonder why, God, haven't you answered my prayer? Maybe some of you, when you were younger, your parents were starting to not get along, and it was looking like it was headed for divorce, and you prayed, oh God, please help my parents not to divorce, but yet they ended up getting a divorce, and you wonder, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? Maybe some of you prayed for your own marriage, and it seems like God hasn't answered your prayer, or something for your kids, or, or as believers in Jesus Christ, a lot of times we have people that we're praying for, that they would come to know Christ in a personal way like we do, and a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member, and we're reaching out to them, and we're praying for their salvation, and sometimes it seems that the more we pray for their salvation, the the less they want to have to do with God and church. And we wonder, why, God, aren't you answering my prayer? I can't definitively answer that question for you this morning. Y'all are like, then why are we here? Here's why. Because the Bible can give us some help. And I want us to look at four possible biblical reasons why God didn't answer some of our prayers. And maybe some of these apply to your situation, and we certainly need to take these into consideration when we ask that question, why didn't God answer my prayer? So you ready for these? I hope you'll take some notes this morning. They're on the back of your newsletter. Number one, why didn't God answer my prayer? Number one, here's one biblical possibility. Maybe you have a broken relationship, and that's why God hasn't answered your prayer. You say, what? Are you talking about a broken relationship with God? No. I'm talking about a broken relationship with another person. And you're like, what does what a broken relationship with another person have to do with my relationship with God and prayer? And what you'll see as you read through the scriptures is God makes it clear that our horizontal relationships with each other have a direct effect on our vertical relationship with God. We can't escape that. There, there is a correlation between these. And, and let me give you one of them. It's in the book of Mark. So if you'll turn there, Mark chapter 11. Go back a couple of books in, in your Bible from John. It, we've got a page number on there if that'll help some of you. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And I'm going to give you three different passages. And some of these indirectly talk about prayer, but affect our relationship with God. And some of them are very direct. And, and Jesus says in Mark chapter 11 verse 24. Therefore I say to you. Whatever things you ask when you. What church? When you pray. Alright help me out here. With, the context is prayer. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Believe that you receive them. And you will have them. And whenever you stand. Help me. Pray. Pray. Come on y'all. I have three services today. Help me out. Whenever you stand. Praying. So the context here is prayer. Jesus is talking about when you pray, when you ask, when you've got prayers, you've got requests for God. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. What? 
Jesus is talking about prayer and talking to him, that vertical relationship. And then all of a sudden in the context of praying, he throws in, oh, and by the way, if you have a broken relationship with someone, if there's somebody you need to forgive, make sure you take care of that before you're praying. Our horizontal relationships have a direct effect on our vertical relationship according to what Jesus is talking about here. Let me give you another example. We'll put it on the screen. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus said this. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that, help me, someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That's pretty clear. Make sure you take care of your horizontal relationships before coming to God in prayer with your vertical relationship. It has some kind of effect on that. Here's a very direct one for the husbands this morning. How many of you all are husbands? Raise your hand, husbands. Okay, husbands, listen to this very carefully. This is very direct. Wives, you can thank me later. Husbands, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with, say it, men, with respect. Can I have an amen, ladies? Amen. And treat them with respect, your wives, as the weaker partner, as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Here's why. So that nothing will hinder your... Wow. There may be probably some men, God's not answering their prayers because of the way they're treating their wives. There's a direct effect. Our horizontal relationships and our vertical relationship with Jesus. He makes that clear. Now, I, I don't know to what extent does the horizontal relationship have to be damaged before it affects your prayers. I mean, is it like if you just get a little irritated at somebody, is that good enough? Do you, or do you have to be really mad? You know, do you got to really be ticked off, you know? I mean, do you got to like, you know, hate them? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. All I know is it's clear in Scripture that our horizontal relationships have a direct effect on our vertical relationship. If you agree, say yes. But here's what I do know. And here's what I do understand about this. I think I understand a little bit of where God is coming from on this as a father. I'm a father. I have two children. As I said, Caleb and Caitlin, they're now 16 and 18. When they were younger, it's a little better now. Parents, hang in there. It does get a little better. Don't kill them yet. It gets a little better. But when they were younger, you know, we'd be going on a trip or we'd be running errands around town and you know what's going on in the back seat, you know? Don't touch me. He touched me. She touched me. Don't hit me. I mean, they're screaming, they're yelling, punching, you know, and I, I, I told them what my mom told me. I figured, you know, my mom must have knew something. It's like, there's an invisible force shield. Put it between you and don't cross it, you know? Put one foot between you guys, you know? So I'm going to make you hold hands, you know, and try all this kind of stuff and they're fighting in the back seat. Are any of your parents with me? You know talking about okay y'all acting that like all pious like my kids never do that <laughs> right I've seen some of your kids running around here okay anyway that's for another message but uh they're fighting in the back seat you know and I'm trying to drive the car you know and and I'm reaching back and you know I've got short arms but I'm I'm swinging I'm, I'm just gonna hit whatever I find I'm gonna grab whatever I can get a hold of you know and they're like doing this thing and and then, in the midst of all this, one of them will come up with this bright idea. Dad, can we go to McDonald's? Dad, can we get an ice cream? What do you think I'm going to say to that request? No. No, you guys can't get along. You guys are fighting back there. I am not going to give you what you're asking while you guys are fighting and you can't get along with each other. Why? Because I'm your father and I love both of my children and I want to see my children get along. 
And our heavenly father feels the same way about his kids. He wants to see us get along in our relationships. And when we don't, it can hinder our relationship with him and it can hinder our prayers. So number one, maybe God didn't answer our prayer because we had a broken relationship. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Here's a second reason biblically. Maybe you have the wrong motives. Maybe God didn't answer your prayer because you have the wrong motives. James chapter 4 verse 3 addresses this directly. James says, and even when you ask, you're praying, you don't get it because your, help me church, motives. Everybody say motives. Because your motives are all wrong. You just want it only what will give you pleasure. You're only asking, but you're asking with the wrong motives. You're only asking so it'll give you pleasure. Can anybody say lottery? Lottery, baby. Oh, in Jesus' name, God. Oh, if it just be in, in your side of your will, if you would just help me to win this lottery, I promise to start tithing. I will give 10% to you. I know I never have before, but I will start. I'll give, God, I'll give you 20% because that's in the book of First Opinions. I'll give you 20% if you just help me to win this lottery. And we're asking, but we're asking with the wrong Motives. We talked about single people wanting to be married. I've seen single people, we, we call this in church world, missionary dating. You know, a single person will see another single person, you know, a guy will see a really hot girl and he'll be like, oh man, I really like to date her. And he gets to talking to her. He's a Christian. He finds out, oh, she's not a Christian. Oh, in Jesus' name, if I could just lead her to Christ and the, for the glory of God, if I could just see her become a believer. Is that really the right motives of why you want to see her come to Christ? You know, and I see girls do the same thing. And, you know, or, or oh, in Jesus' name, please help my team to win today. If, if my team will win today, I'll work in children's ministry every Sunday next month. I promise, oh God, please help me. And, and we, we pray that. Let, let me just tell you guys, if you're going to pray for a team today, pray for the Jaguars. They need a lot of prayer today. But pray with the right motive. We have to have the right motives when we pray. You know, we read in scriptures, Jesus was always getting on the case of the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Because everything they did was with the wrong motive. And one of the things that Jesus attacked them for and, and, and put them in their place, he said, you Pharisees love to stand on the street corner with your arms raised up. Oh, heavenly Father and God in heaven we beseech you, you know, and they pray these pious, flowery prayers with the wrong motive just so people can be impressed by their prayers. And Jesus said, you're, they're praying, but they're praying with the wrong motives. Maybe God's not answering your prayers because you prayed with the wrong motives. Maybe I've prayed with the wrong motives. And then there's a question, how do we know if we're praying with the right motives or not? Well, you know, there's only one that really knows, and that's God. That's God. And, and maybe this will be helpful. In Proverbs 16, 2, it says this. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines what? Their motives. Their motives. So our motives matter. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Number one, maybe it's because of a broken relationship. Number two, maybe it's because of wrong motives. Here's a third biblical possibility. Maybe you don't believe God will do it. Maybe God's not answered your prayer because you just simply don't believe that God will do it. Now let me give a little disclaimer on this point before I get into this point. I'm not talking about what we sometimes see in the church world called name it, claim it. You know, if you believe enough and have enough faith, 
You can just name it and claim it and it will be yours. You know, if you just tag in Jesus' name after Jesus give me this car in Jesus' name and you believe it, he's going to give you the new car, he's going to give you the new girl, the new guy, the job, whatever. That, that's not how it works. You see, church, God is not our cosmic sugar daddy. One amen would be good there. Okay. God is not our bellhop. Over here, do what I say. God is not Santa Claus. We bring him our list of goodies we'd like to have. You know, I've heard, I've heard people sometimes say, and, and, and I want to be sensitive with this, but I want you to understand. Because some people say, well, if you just believe enough and have enough faith, God's got to do it. God's got to do it. I've heard people say, well, I believed with all my heart and I had faith that God was going to heal my grandma. And I prayed with all the faith and belief I had and she died. What's up with that? And I'll say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What, how, how old was your grandma? 102. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, last time I checked the statistics, one and one die. It's going to happen. And so it's, we're not talking about here, if you just have enough faith and enough belief, God's got to do whatever you ask. But I am telling you this, and we're going to see it in Scripture, our faith does matter when we pray. And our belief Will God do it or not? We have an example of this in Mark chapter 9. You're right there in Mark 11. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 22. Mark chapter 9, verse 22. I'll let you get there for a second. I've learned that if I'm going to do three services, I have to drink more water. That's what my wife says. So this is an obedience to my wife right here, okay? Mark chapter 9, verse in verse 22, what we have here is, let me give you the context. There's this, this man who has a son who is possessed by a demon, by an evil spirit. And this demon is doing all kinds of horrible things to his son, trying to get him to harm himself. And the man hears that Jesus is coming to town, and so he's like, well, I've heard a little bit something about this Jesus guy. I heard he can cast out demons and do miracles, so I wonder if he can help my, my child. And you can only imagine, as a parent... How you would be praying and wanting to see this demon cast out of him. And so this father begins to speak to Jesus. Mark 9, 22. And often, he says to Jesus, and often he has thrown him, this evil spirit has thrown him both into the fire and in the water to destroy him. Now, now watch what the man says to Jesus. But if you can do anything, I'm not totally sure I've heard some stories about you, Jesus, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, it's like, do you not understand who I am? And then he turns it back on the man. And he says, let me tell you, if you can, help me church, what's the next word? Believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It's not a matter of if I can, it's a matter if you can believe. Do you have faith? You see, your faith matters when you pray. Oftentimes you see in the scriptures this phrase, it was done according to their faith. God did that according to their faith. God did this according to their faith. There is a direct correlation between our faith and belief and God answering our prayers. We have to believe in the power of prayer. We have to believe. I heard a story about a uh, church that had been on this street corner for, for many, many years. And there was a new building going up across the street, and it ended up being a strip club. And this strip club went up right across the street from this church. 
And the church was so upset, as you can imagine about this, they started prayer meetings just to pray for the strip club and to pray that it would be closed down. They sometimes would even circle around the strip club and have prayer meetings. And the owner of the strip club knew this and, and, and knew that you know, they didn't want him there. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And then one night, there was a lightning storm that struck, the lightning struck the strip club and it burned to the ground. The strip club owner was so upset that his business was now gone, he took the church to court to sue them. <clears throat> to sue them. And in court, he was telling them how it's the church's fault. They were having these prayer meetings, and they prayed, and God struck my strip club with lightning, and it burned to the ground. And the pastor was on the defense on the stage and said, Oh, no, 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 no. You can't blame us for that. That's not our fault. We just had a few prayer meetings. You can't, you can't sue us. What are you talking about? And so finally, the, the judge says, Wait, wait, just a second. Let me get this straight. So what I have here in my courtroom is a strip club owner that believes in the power of prayer more than the church and the pastor. <laughs> Do we really believe in the power of prayer? Do we believe? Maybe God's not answering our prayer because sometimes we just don't believe that he will do it. You know, I, I hear people say sometimes, you know, honey, we've done all we can do. Now all we can do is pray. What? That's the first thing you should have been doing. And believing in the power of prayer. You have this in your notes. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And believe that God can do it. Believe in the power of prayer. Maybe God hasn't answered some of our prayers because we just haven't believed God can do it or will do it. Number four, here's a, here's a fourth biblical possibility. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Number four, maybe God has something different. And for many of you, this is the most important one of all. Maybe God has something different. Here's what I've learned about prayer, and oftentimes the hard way. God's will is the most important aspect to our prayers. Let me say that again. God's will is the most important aspect to our prayers. When we pray, it's not about my wants, it's about His will. And His will may be different than my wants and different from my requests. You have it this way in your notes. Prayer is not about us getting our will done in heaven. It's about having God's will done on earth. And God's will might have something different in mind than what we have in mind. 1 John 5.14 says it this way. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. As Christians, we have, there's some things we have confidence in. Amen? And here's one of the confidences we have in our Heavenly Father when we pray. We can have this confidence. Now this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything, he hears us. Is that what it says? No. That's not, now that's how we read it. If we ask anything, he's going to hear us and do it. If we, whatever we ask, he's going to do it. We're, we're missing a really important piece there. We missed it back in John 14. We're, we miss it right here. If we ask anything in his what? In his name, he hears us. If we ask anything in his name, if we ask anything according to his, say it church, will. That's the key to your prayers getting answered. 
that we ask according to his name, which is according to his will, then he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we have this confidence. We know that we have the petitions that we ask of him when we ask according to his will in his name, not according to our wants. Do you see the difference? Say yes. And no matter what we think God could do or what God should do, he may have something different in mind according to his will, according to his name. And we have to trust him. And we have to wait on him, which we hate doing. We hate doing. You see, God loves us too much to give us something that isn't according to his will. He loves us too much. He loves you too much to give you something and answer something that is not according to his will. There, there are times in my life I look back at things I thought God could do and should do and he didn't do, he didn't answer my prayer. I look back now and I go, thank you God, you didn't answer that prayer. Thank you. You know, we can, we can understand this as parents. Parents can relate to how our Heavenly Father feels. I mean, parents, do your kids ever ask you for stuff, beg you for stuff, plead with you for stuff, bargain with you for stuff, negotiate, and yet you know it is not good for them. It's not according to your will as a parent because you know it's not the best for them. It could be hurt for them. Mommy, I know, I, I want to play out in the middle of the street. All the kids are doing it. You know, I want to go to the party. I know everybody's going to be doing things they shouldn't be doing, but please let me go. You know, I want to date this person that you know is a weirdo. You know they're a loser. You know, what, whatever. And as parents, we have to look out for the best interest of our kids. And sometimes we have to say no. And our Heavenly Father has to look out for the best interest of His kids. And sometimes there's things we ask that just aren't according to His will. And He lovingly says no or not yet. You know, there's a man in the Bible, many of you probably know of, his name is Paul, the Apostle Paul. His name was Saul, he got saved, then he was Paul. He wrote two-thirds of our New Testament. We know that as we read his story, the Bible says he had a thorn in the flesh, which means he had some kind of health challenge in his life. And I mean, I'm sure that Paul thought God could take it away, God should take it away. We know the Bible says that he prayed and asked God three times, at least that we know of. It says he asked God to take away his health challenge, to heal him. He pleaded with God, the Bible says. He begged God, but it wasn't according to God's will. And what did God say to him? He said, no, I'm not going to take away your health challenge. I'm going to do something different. I would suggest God said, I'm going to do something better. Because when God has something different, it's better. If you just wait, it's better. And what did God say to Paul? I'm going to give you my grace. And my grace is sufficient for whatever you face, Paul. And Paul was a man full of grace. And sometimes that's what he says to us. I have something different. I have something better. I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to give you my mercy. I'm going to give you my strength, which is different but better. Some of you, maybe you, you've, you've prayed. You've asked God for a house, and God said, I've got something different. You've asked for a job, and God has something different. You've asked for a spouse, and God has someone different. I know that. You know, you ask for a health challenge to be healed or removed, and God says, I have something different. Let me share one with you that I hope will hit home to all of you this morning. 
Nine years ago, Shelly and I and our family felt the clear call of God to plant a church in the Denver metropolitan area. I mean, it was the closest thing to the audible voice of God from his word that I had ever heard in my life. I knew God wanted us to plant a church. And then, of course, the decision was where. We really believed God wanted us in a major metropolitan city. We believed he wanted us in Denver. We did all the demographic studies. And so we started checking out the area. And we felt like and believed for one year, a little over a year, that we were going to plant Orchard Church in Castle Rock. We had gone there, we had studied the area, we were making every plan and we were praying and praying and asking God to open the doors so we could begin Orchard Church in Castle Rock. And then as the days began to come, as we began to have to step into open doors to move to Castle Rock and, and see where we were going to start this church, the doors just kept closing and I mean it was just, it, it just wasn't working and um, it wasn't happening and we kept praying and going, why isn't God answering our prayer? We really believe that, that he could and he should and that he's called us to Castle Rock. And then within one week's period of time, as we were wrestling with this, and why isn't God answering our prayer, three different people in one week, independent of each other completely, three different places and situations, this one person goes, hey, I know you're, you're planning to plant a church in Castle Rock, but have you ever heard of this place called Reunion, Colorado? Brighton, North Commerce City, there's this whole brand new area. Houses are exploding out there and they need churches and, and schools and it's, it's all out there and it's it's new growing area. And, and our first response was, oh yeah, that sounds really nice, but God's called us to Castle Rock. I'm not kidding. Three days later, somebody else says, hey, have you ever, there's this new area out by the airport called Reunion and we're like, wait, somebody just the other day mentioned that area. Now we're like, okay God, we're listening. Are you trying to get our attention? We started praying. Is there something to this? A couple days go by, somebody else, same deal, same area, totally independent of the other person. Now we're like, okay, God, we hear you. We, you have our attention. We got in the car. We drove out here. We spent a couple of days. And then, you know, I, I say this all the time. I believe God opens and closes doors. And I believe also sometimes we have to jiggle the handle. See if it's open. And so we started jiggling handles and saying, okay, God, if you want us in this area instead of Castle Rock, we'll, are there any doors open? I'm telling you all, church, God is my witness. When we started praying that and God refocused us to this area, we couldn't walk through the doors fast enough that God was opening. And God said, listen, it's not Castle Rock. That's why I haven't answered your prayer. I have something different. And I would like to suggest this morning that God said, I have something better. And that's why we're all here this morning. And that's how God worked in our life. And I thank God that he had something different. You see, prayer reminds me, I don't know about you, but prayer reminds me that I'm not in control. But it connects me and keeps me close to the one who is. And he may have something different and something better than even what I'm asking. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Maybe it's because of a broken relationship. Maybe it's because of a wrong motive. Maybe it's because we don't really believe God will do it. Maybe it's that God has something different and something better. And then I, I, wanna, I hope that helps you. I hope that helps you, those four things that you can honestly look at. But I want to close with this, answering this question. What do I believe about prayer? What, what do I believe about prayer? Or what should we believe about prayer? Especially when God doesn't seem to be answering our prayers, what should we believe 
about prayer. And I want to close with an Old Testament story. Those of you that grew up in church, maybe in Sunday school, you remember it was a story of three teenage boys. We may have some teenagers in here. If we've got teenagers in here, you need to hear this story because it's an awesome story about three teenage boys that loved God and, and were willing to do everything to follow him. And these three teenage boys were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't need baby book names. If you need some original names, grab one of those. <laughs> Your kid will be the only one in class. And, and now, now, for those of you that your kids grew up during the VeggieTale era, like me, we know them as Rack, Shack, and Benny. Okay, a few of you know what I'm talking about. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there was this king named Nebuchadnezzar. And he made this golden idol fault to false gods, this statue. And he said, everybody's got to bow down to this. And anybody who's not willing to bow down to this idol, this golden statue, this false god, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace and you're going to be a crispy critter. And you're going to be burned alive. Three teenage boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had a choice to make. What are we going to do with our faith now? They're teenagers. And listen to their response in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to this. And this helps what we should believe about prayer. If we are, they said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save, save us. Everybody say, is able. They said, our God is able to save us. And then they go on and they're a little stronger. They say, he will. Everybody say, he will. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. They said, listen, our God is able to answer our prayer. Our God will answer our prayer. That was the confidence they, said they had. But even if he doesn't, we wanted to make it clear to you, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Wow. They said, our God is able, our God will, but even if he doesn't, we're never going to bow down to your false idols. When you pray, church, believe this. Number one, I believe God can. All things are possible with God. Amen? I believe God can. Everybody say, I believe God can. Number two, believe this about prayer. I believe God will. Now listen, I believe God always answers our prayers. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not yet. I have something different. I have something better. And then number three, I believe God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. That's the attitude we need to have toward prayer. Because our God is able. He can. He will. But even if he doesn't, we still believe. We still believe. Would you bow your heads this morning? With your heads bowed an attitude of prayer for just a moment as we reflect on this message. Let me ask you all across this auditorium this morning, how many of you have prayed or are praying right now for something and God hasn't answered? Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand all across this auditorium? I have prayed or I am praying for something right now and it seems like God has not yet answered. Lift up your hand, nice and high, nice and high. I wanna pray for you right now. I wanna pray for you right now. You know, maybe it's a relationship that's broken that needs to be mended. Maybe it's a wrong motive. Maybe... You, you need to believe God can do it. Maybe God has something different and you just need to trust him. But I'm gonna pray for you right now. Lord, I, I pray for everyone who has a prayer right now that, that hasn't been answered. I pray, God, that if there's any hindrances to that prayer, that they would take care of those. But Lord, I pray at the end of the day that they would believe that we have a God who can, who, a God who will, and even if you don't, we still believe. We still trust you. We still believe, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. May that strengthen, 
many people's hearts today that have prayers that have yet to be answered. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you've never invited Jesus Christ in your life by faith, you know what the first prayer God wants to answer in your life is? It's the prayer of salvation. The prayer where you call on Jesus by faith and invite him to be your Lord and Savior. Some of you, maybe God hasn't answered your prayers because you haven't asked the first prayer, which is to invite him into your life by faith. And here's the great news. This is a prayer that I absolutely guarantee, without a doubt, he will answer. Because the Bible says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven will have eternal life. So if you're ready to pray a prayer, you know God will answer the first prayer we should pray. I'm going to lead you in that prayer of salvation for those of you that are ready to invite Jesus Christ in your life. Now listen, let me be very clear. It's not some magic prayer you say. It's not some magic words. It's the faith behind what you say. It's the belief in your heart. And if you're ready to put your faith and trust in Jesus and believe in Him, Let me lead you in this prayer. And you pray it from your heart to God's through faith right now. And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood to pay for my sins. Jesus, forgive me of my sins today. Come into my life. I accept you by faith as my personal Lord and personal Savior. Thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you just prayed that prayer of faith and you meant it for the first time, I want to pray for you that you would grow in your walk with Jesus in the days ahead. Can you just slip up your hand all across this auditorium? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young lady. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, I prayed that prayer of faith and I really meant it. I put my faith in Jesus today for the first time. Anyone else? Just slip up your hand real quick and put it down. Anyone else? Lord, I thank you. God bless you. Lord, I thank you for those in our first and second service today and those that will respond in the third service that are putting their faith and trust in you today, that you are answering the prayer and the call of salvation. I pray that their life would never be the same. I pray that as a church, we'd meet them where they are. We would help them on their spiritual journey as they grow in their relationship with you through your word and prayer and discipleship and small group. And I pray today would be the greatest day of their life and the days ahead as they get to know you better. Thank you that you're a God that we have confidence in. We have confidence that when we pray in your name according to your will, you hear us and you answer. And we believe with all of our heart, God, that you can and that you will. And even when you don't, we still believe. We still believe because we have a God who is able. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.